Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Northern Night Podcast. It's me, Andrea Cleary, and I'm here with Luke Sharkey. Hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing, Hi. Andrea? Hi. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a cool minute. It's been since New Year's, um, I think, since we recorded together. Yeah, since, since we now. recorded together, certainly. I've seen oh, you yes. since. But... I've seen you since. I've met many's a gig. We've had yeah. many Kanye conversations. Yeah, we have, I actually. I saw yeah. you had the choice. Um, yeah, so... Niall is away, so myself and Luke are going to be chatting to you this week about Hot Chip's new album, Bath Full of Ecstasy. Um, we're going to be looking at songs from Maya Sophia, Mark Ronson and Angel Olsen, as well as others. But um, first, what's in the news? Friendly um, Fires seem to be back. Yeah, Tell Friendly Fires, that. yeah. Um, a band I was only turned on to when they played the Metropolis set with Villagers last year. Mm-hmm. Um, British sort of indie disco band Friendly Fires have announced Inflorescent, which is their first album in eight years. It'll be the band's third album. The album is due out on August 18th. And um, to celebrate, the band um, released a new single, Silhouettes, their first new single in a long time. And me and you both have a listen to it. It's a fantastic it's song. It's really, really good. I'm not that familiar with them. They're a name that I kind of have seen floating around the place, but I haven't ever seen them live or anything. Yeah, they, they feature a lot on um, internet discussions, I think, of people yeah. being like, these are really great new bands. Yeah, like, I always see them on like... Um, on reddit on like or indie heads and stuff yeah. everyone like loses their mind whenever they do anything um and the song is really really good it's, it's re- fantastic it's not one of our songs of the week because we have lots of songs of the week this oh week, we were so. blessed with the week that we had last we week were. lots of stuff came out and obviously myself and i haven't been here in uh two weeks so there's been a lot of music you have been holidaying i've been holidaying yeah and i listened to not a single music the whole time that must be a nice break it actually kind of was which i'm sort of sad to say that but yeah I like from the moment I got on the plane it was you know reading books on the plane and then I was in Dubrovnik for a little while the land of Game of Thrones which was beautiful yeah I saw lots of the 
the hits, the big places. That's like the, the King's of Land. That's the King's the, Landing the side. The King's yeah. Landing place. Yeah. Uh, so I saw like the steps, the like where Cersei had her big shame walk. Lots of people shouting shame at their friends. That was a bit of fun. Uh, went to Venice, which was the most bizarre city I have ever was it flooded when you were there? It wasn't flooded. Okay. No, it was like 30 degree heat. But it's like you're standing on one side of the road and you want to go to like a shop on the other side of the road. And you have to walk for 10 minutes to go to a bridge because the road is made of water and all the buses are boats. And it's really bizarre. And I don't know how the city runs as well as it does, but it does. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Sounds fantastic. And I got a little bit burned. But that's my my little digression there. That's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, um, there's been some sad news also. Um, unfortunately, yes. Um, Philip Zidar of um, sort of iconic Like lots French, of fame, right? Yeah, it's... like very big deal um, French sort of house duo. Um, Cassius passed away during the week. Um, he was 52 years old. He was. And died after an accidental fall from a Paris building. Um, he is one half of Cassius, the other half being Boombase. And they are up there with sort of Daft Punk and that whole movement of French house. Um, in his own right, um, Zadar was a producer and worked with Air, Phoenix, the Beastie Boys, Franz Ferdinand, Hot Chip, which we'll get onto later. Mm. Um, but really fantastic. I was really saddened to hear the news. and But it was fantastic then to have a reason to go back and take a break from new music and just go through all of the stuff that he'd yeah. done, all the stuff that he'd worked on and the scope of the influence that he'd had on the electronic music scene, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s is massive. It's yeah, crazy. It's absolutely huge. And it's it's kind of doubly sad, I guess, in a week where so much of his music is like released yeah. and stuff that he's worked on. It's really, it's hard to get your head around. Like, I, I feel like with, you know, the what feels like an epidemic of like death with especially male musicians and yep. male people in the music industry. It's, it's been a while since we had just an accident and that's just, it's just really sad when something that like that happens, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, Oh, he kind of just had so much more left to give. Yeah. For a certainty. It sucks. And um, it maybe if you, uh, feel sad about it and you want to listen back or if you're looking for an introduction into the artist and um, his group that he was one half of Cassius released their fifth album um, um, called Dreams on mm. Friday it's on Spotify it's on streaming services yeah. it's really fantastic I'll listen to it give it a listen excellent so will we go into our songs yes please let's okay so our songs of the week uh, I think we'll start with the Mark Ronson and Angel Olsen collaboration. So I've been dying to talk about this. Okay. This is, I am, I've slowly become a Mark Ronson like disciple over the past couple of years. Well, I've funnily been, enough, the last time we were on the podcast together, we had the um, Mark Ronson and uh, what's her name? Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Which is track. still one of my favorite songs of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And I was talking, I think we were talking about like great producers in the last sort of, uh, since the turn of the century. I, I do think he's right up there. He is. Um, his new album, Late Night Feelings, dropped last week. Uh, it features just an incredible cast of um, female collaborators. Um, Licky Lee, um, Angel Olsen, Miley Cyrus. There's just some really, really fantastic artists in there. There's and a lot. It's it's um, it's kind of jam-packed. It's really interesting. Uh, but we can take a little listen to uh, True Blue featuring Angel Olsen. We were alone. We were to blame. Alive with the same. Blood in our veins I never thought 
was true blue mark ronson and angel olsen and yeah it's it's a really interesting track because i can't really place its kind of time it feels like it's a little bit 80s it's a yeah. little bit cowboy and a this, little bit sad yeah it was sad bangers is how he absolutely i'm not sure if that's how he described it but that's been the label that's been firmly affixed to the to the record as a whole mm. i think yeah there's definitely that 80s vibe in there that mm. kind of poppy um hall and oats like power ballad vibe and then there's some disco in the bass, some great sort of funk synth bass going on, yeah. which is a, almost a staple of his work. Like I always think about um, Uptown Funk, like that kind of synthy bass, like that's just everywhere on this album it's, as well. And it's everywhere generally now as well. Like I always think whenever I hear Juice by Lizzo, I'm always like, I don't know if this moment would have happened without Uptown Funk, like yeah, without sure. kind of what that did. And more generally, Mark Ronson, how he kind of works with brass and how he brings that kind of big band feel into things. That dates all the way back to Valerie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the one he did with um, with Lily Allen. Oh my God, the the Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah, which I still adore that cover. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely love that. It's so much better than the original song. Oh, so, so much much better. better. And I, I still think... The Valerie version is better than the Zootons version. And I do oh, love yeah. the Zootons version, but yeah. I, I think Amy's well, I, version is Valerie's better. one of those songs kind of like Hurt, where I just don't really con- consider that the original isn't the cover. Do you know? Yeah. Like, I, I love the Nine, Nine Inch Nails, um, not version. I love their song. But <laughs> for me, it's always the co- the cover version. And that's I'm the exact same with, with Amy Winehouse. But yeah, this is interesting because with the album, like you said, it's a lot of kind of female um collaborators and we saw that this year as well with the national which i think it's it's a really interesting kind of place to be in with music where male musicians and male kind of collaborators are really kind of making the point to collaborate with female musicians but it doesn't i feel like we're nearly at the point now where it doesn't feel like tokenism because no. there's such a well to choose from. It's kind of like, you know, when you see conversations where it's like festival lineups, for example, I saw a conversation online the other day and uh, people were talking about, you know, what what festival lineups have like a 50-50 divide. Yeah. And then some people were saying, oh, well, you know, you don't want to dilute the talent pool by doing that. And it's like, it's no. such a lame excuse. It's, a, it's such a lame excuse. Like you could, like you, you can see with the amount of good music that's been released by women this year, and the music that's being released by men have like women as a uh, hand in it. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Sure. It's just, it feels like to me that this year just has such a, such a female kind of power to I, it. I totally, music, totally you know? wholeheartedly agree. And yeah. that attitude of 
oh well it shouldn't be about quotas it should be about talent there's an like a really malicious indication there that there's like female there aren't as many good female artists out yeah. there to begin yeah. with like that you would have to lower the standards to get female artists in which is yeah. just anybody who's paying attention to new music of any kind knows it's just untrue exactly yeah so we can turn our sights now to another female artist who i've been a fan of for quite some time now she announced her first lp for later this year i think autumn this year called bath time and it's maya sophia with eddie sedgwick Maya Sophia is back with another kind of beautifully, I, I, I don't want to say ethereal because I know she hates when people describe her music as ethereal or female kind of music as ethereal, but it it is that kind of very soft focus, um, beautiful lyrics. like the Stunning lyrics. Absolutely gorgeous. They really remind me of a kind of a Joanna Newsome like deep dive into yep mythology and mixing that up with kind of everyday totally and it's completely very visual lyricism as well a lot of imagery and stuff that she presents yeah totally so she said about the song the song is about the demise of a relationship that was spiraling beyond anything that can be salvaged she wrote it during a summer spent in london living in her grandmother's empty flat entirely in solitude while trying to get away from her real life in dublin it's about the realization of having lost oneself in the process of caring for someone else um eddie sedgwick was famously amused for andy warhol and I think she found her way into the song as I was thinking about the ways our identities can be shaped by other people, which I think is just such a kind of <laughs> the message of that just kind of bowls you over, you know, and then how how simply she can work that into those lyrics is yeah. just so beautiful. Her song Flowers was my favorite song of 2018. And this is like definitely up there with, with 2019's best. So fantastic. I'm like, yeah, keep going, girl. Uh, she's playing, if you're listening when the podcast comes out, she's playing a gig tonight in the Workman's. Uh, highly recommend you go check her out live. For sure. So our next song comes from uh, American indie artist Snail Mail. Um, it's a cover of an indie band called Courtney Love. It's called The Second Most Beautiful Girl in the World. I know what you're thinking, Courtney Love, Hole. No, it's not that Courtney Love. It's a band named after her, an American band that formed for one year only from 1990 to 1991. And don't look them up because according to the internet, they hardly exist. They hardly exist. They're not on Spotify. There's no Wikipedia page. There's no social media coverage of them. I found uh, RateMyMusic.com, little bio of them. They were formed from 1990 to 1991. One year only. And this is a cover from her original EP, Snail Mails. And which has been reissued this cover and it's the second most beautiful girl in the world so we'll have to listen to it now she fell down
perfect and that's a, it's exactly very typical of the one of the many reasons why i love her music mm. i think she makes really fantastic sort of lo-fi indie rock or folk depending on the tempo of the music that mm. she does she does both excellently and it's just i know she's a super exciting young upcoming artist that i'm continually looking out for new music from so um this reissue turned me on to her first ep which i hadn't even really been that aware of before yeah. It, I, I think this is really lovely. I was fully convinced, I was saying before we recorded that it's a good thing that you did some journalism because I was fully convinced that this was just a cover of a whole song that I yeah. didn't know or a Courtney Love kind of solo material that I didn't know. But no, apparently there's a whole band out there that I'm going to spend the next week trying to trying to track down. Track down. If um, anybody from Courtney Love is is listening to this podcast, let yeah, us get, 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 get in, touch. in touch. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I do really like this kind of, I, I, I find her voice really captivating. It's like just about on the brink of a voice that I, or maybe a twang that I would maybe find annoying, but it's not there. It's just, it's, it's getting toward there. just there. It's just kind of on the line of that. And I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. Um, and I also like that it's not this cover especially, but her material in general, I think you could say this, but it's not super polished. No, no. Yeah. This is kind of bedroom, rocky sounding. Yeah. It's It's kind of... Yeah, the guitars seem kind of fuzzy and a little bit far away, yeah, a little bit clangy. The whole mix is a little dirty in general. Like yeah, it's, it's yeah, fun. it's great. It's really, really good. I really like this song. And so on to our last track of the week. Our last song of the week is from Daphne from his Sizzling EP. And it is just, um, this is an absolute disco house banger and we'll drop you right into it.
So that was Just by Daphne there, taken from his new EP, Sizzling. Lots of people talking about that. Um, apparently got quite a few spins of Body and Soul over the weekend. Um, and it's really good. I really like it. I found this kind of, I think it was because of everything else that I was listening to this week was just a little, that little bit softer. I found this really overwhelming. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, it's, you, you know, when you're just going from like one mood to another and then this comes on and I'm like, holy God, I do wish I was in a tent at yeah. a festival listening to this. You know, I totally get that. And especially there's no real introduction to the song it drops you straight into the full beat it really does yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's no build it's yeah. just straight in it's like it was made to just mix yeah in with something do you I, know I, I do like i know exactly what you mean but I, I do like that on the one point because i think a lot of dance music now can be so much about the quote-unquote drop yeah and the yeah. whole song the is just like a gradual filter sweep and drum roll toward a drop yeah and so, not everything has to be insomnia yeah, yeah <laughs> it's so yeah i find that so boring after a while yeah um, and i i'm such a soft spot for daphne um and i love this track but i came away and loved the sizzling ep but came away from the whole thing dying for a new caribou record yeah where is the new caribou record caribou w- should be i think where tame impala is yeah career-wise yeah. like it doesn't make sense to me that yeah. they're not you know kind of on equal footing in terms of popularity for sure and if you look at it like can't do without you it's yeah. the same sort of smash hit vibe is something like feels like we only go backwards yeah is yeah. and it, it was a huge hit yeah and that whole album was massive and then it just seemed like and then nothing he was gone <laughs> yeah and now he's doing this and i really like this and it, it, it's great summer sort of dance music which i'm into but where's the new caribou record that's fair from one dance floor banger to a whole album full of them uh we're gonna have a chat about hot chips bath full of ecstasy uh we'll take a listen now to the title track this is bath full of ecstasy That is Bath Full of Ecstasy from Hot Chip. Uh, They released a new album last Friday. Something of a grower for the two of us. Definitely, yeah. Um, But it is nine tracks of kind of what you could describe as Hot Chip by numbers. But I don't know if that is necessarily a bad thing. 
what's, yeah. what's been your kind of journey yeah. with this record? You've absolutely nailed it there for me. Um, I think when I first heard the record, I was so apathetic toward it, mm-hmm. especially the opening track, um, which I think Melody of Love, which I still think is a, the, one of the weakest tracks on the album, uh, Clanger, um, mm-hmm. totally turned me off it. Um, it's just so like describe a hot chip song in three minutes okay. type thing and it's so uh it just made me feel like there was going to be no progress they were going to be doing anything new you know it's the um, it's the band's seventh album they're not under a huge amount of pressure to keep pumping out new material no. and i just felt like when i heard that opening song oh my god they're just doing a very boring thing essentially what i would call a sleep well beast album okay. um but Fair. um so and then it really grew on me after a while um there's some great tracks i think hungry child the single from it, which came out a couple of months before, is still one of the strongest on the album. Yeah, I, that's a funny one because I remember when when that came out, I reviewed it on this very podcast by saying that it was a bit hot chip by numbers. And now, kind of within the context of the album, I have a different view of it. I think it's definitely one of the strongest yeah. on it. And one of the harder tracks on the album. For sure. It's it's kind of, it it goes to a much darker place. I think a lot of this album has... In that kind of hot chip style, it has a lot of optimism and a lot of just kind of love to give. Yeah. Whereas I think Hungry Child sonically, definitely and lyrically maybe goes to a bit of a darker place. Yeah. And it's a dance floor hit to kind of, it gets you on the dance floor to forget rather than gets you on the dance floor to celebrate. Yeah, you know, that kind of sure. feeling, which I think they, they tend to like straddle the line between those two things between like sad banger and like joyful banger for sure really really well would you uh, i would say that the album is overwhelmingly optimistic i think so um like when they said a bath full of ecstasy i was like oh drugs drugs um, Drugs album. i actually think that it's a bath full of ecstasy is in the feeling yeah um, is probably a much more apt description of like what the actual contents of the record are like i think so too i think it's a celebration of kind of happiness and love and dancing in in a way that kind of in that kind of way that Robin does where it's just you know get on the dance floor and everything will be kind of solved yeah and I I, it reminded me of um their track I feel better I think that that could like fit I love that song love that song um that that song could fit really really comfortably on this record and I think that's my favorite kind of hot chip it's just that kind of rel- relentless optimism and just hey music can fix everything yeah. it's that kind of attitude um but yeah I, I did also have the the feeling of like oh bath full of ecstasy all right here we go like they're gonna they're gonna do is this gonna be their happy mondays record or something yeah, yeah or is it just gonna be like just, like the kind of house music that i have no interest in yeah which is just like repetitive nothing really happening and only people on drugs can yeah. enjoy it. The you know? same hi hat, same hi hat pattern we've heard in a million songs, in a million yeah. different songs, and nothing else. And I don't know why I thought that because I have a lot more faith in Hot Chip than that. But I think yeah, the the title of the album kind of put me off a bit, and the cover art of the album put me off a bit. I was like, oh, I don't not know. my favorite cover art of 2019. Me neither. I think it's a bit. It looks a bit lazy, yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know. And they've had some really good stuff before. They have. Um, the album and the name escapes me right now. The album that had Shake a Fist on it and Ready for the Floor had really good cover art. Was, was that it? Made in the Dark? Yes, it was Made in yeah. the Dark. Um, that had really good cover art. They've had some really good stuff. 
But this, this, not good, not so good. No. But in terms of tracks, I mean, there's nine tracks on it. It's 47 minutes long. So it's not, it's not exactly, you know, feature length or anything. It's, you're no. kind of, you're in, you're out with it. Um, Hung- Hungry Child is a longer version on this. Yeah. And uh, I think Spell as well uh, on the actual LP. They're like longer. Longer tracks. Yeah. Uh, so they'd be like the two longest tracks on it. But there's some really, really kind of beautiful stuff on it. I found the last track, No God, really kind of moving. Um, and I I think it's just because like the melody is so simple the lyrics are so simple and yet there's just something in it that is so joyful yeah, and just and straightforward. And they're so good at that. And it's been it's always been a their lead singer, Alexis Taylor. Mm. It's always been such a characteristic of his voice. It's that kind of like thin, yeah. high, like very human and very charismatic and likable and open and vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah. Vulnerable, I think, is the perfect way to describe his voice. He, he, he sounds like your friend who's just singing along with a song on the radio or yeah. something because he doesn't have, you know, the strongest voice in the world. He's not, no, certainly not. He's not belting these lyrics out. He's just, he kind of sounds like he's shyly singing over a yeah. beat that he made, which is just so kind of charming. Um, and it's, it's something that I've always really, like his voice is like the is the sound of hot chip like you don't yeah. get it without that um and then obviously you have like just amazing beats amazing kind of melodies and harmonics kind of running throughout it and yeah like overall i i came out of this so much more kind of positively than i thought i was going to go into it because i had the same experience with the first track i was like oh i don't know about this it just feels a bit it didn't feel genuine to me, yeah. it just kind of felt like here's some happy lyrics over a cool beat. And I was like, mm, I don't know. But I, I did find Bathful of Ecstasy kind of turned me around, like the title track yeah. did turn me around. There's some, yeah, I think, and that's one of, I, I feel like you do about the album, but I think one of the still lingering doubts I have is how much they're trying new things. Okay. And are they, are they, is, are they becoming not a legacy band, but are they at the stage in their career now? They're like, this is us. We feel comfortable where we're at. And this mm. is what we do. And this is the type of music that we want to make. And we're going to stick to this. And I suppose that they they do so much outside, like as individual artists. Yeah, Joe Goddard so especially much, is yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And so, so different to this. Yeah. Um. So may, maybe it's one of those situations where they, they're kind of, they're getting all of those new ideas out in different projects yeah. and in solo work. And then when they come back to Hot Chip, it's like home. For sure. And maybe. I, and I think Bathful of Ecstasy is one of the few tracks where they have that, like I think I don't know, Ecstasy is this sort of strange auto-tune. It's almost like, something you'd expect off a young folk record like the vocal on it is yeah. so heavily auto-tuned and yeah. it, like it takes much of the human characteristic out of his voice but i appreciated it because i felt like it was one of the few examples on the record where they were really sticking their neck out kind of doing r- something they hadn't done out. before yeah yeah i agree actually I, I, and i i don't think there's any huge surprises here the only big surprise is that it has a bad opening track and not many of their albums do. I, I think not many albums full stop yeah. have a bad opening track. It's it's I think artists definitely go out of their way yeah. to make sure the first track is like gonna, I would have opened this you. album with Hung- with uh, Hungry Child for sure. Definitely. Like that- definitely. Um or Bathful of Ecstasy. But I'm I'm a I'm a fan of basically every other song. Like yeah. it, if they didn't land with me right away, they did within the context of the album. Certainly. And it's a funny one because I I don't feel like there's, and I feel like I've said this about so many albums this year, I don't feel like there's too much of a narrative going through it. 
it's not necessarily telling a story, but I think it is kind of presenting a mood and presenting a kind of a higher question to think about. Like, yeah, why do we listen to music? What makes us feel joy? Why do we do this thing? Um, what is it about community that brings us together? Like there's all of these questions kind of peppered throughout just really singable lyrics and yeah. really memorable lyrics. I think that that's so hard to do and so hard to do right, but they've kind of nailed it. Yeah. It's to get that cohesion of mood, like yeah. to present that or to present those overall questions and touch into those same themes over and over. Like that's really hard to do to get For that. For sure. To, definitely. And sound and lyrics without being, like you said, narrative based or overly conceptual. Yeah. And I like, I don't by any means think that this is their best album. Um, but like I, I do fear that this album might fly under the radar a little bit in terms of yeah, yeah, where where it's going to be in ten years time. Yeah, um, they might make better music than this. They certainly have in the past. They certainly have made better music than this. I would say. Yeah, yeah but for now, for what it is, and for it being their return since when was the last one? It was it's been um, a cool minute for sure. It's been since twenty fifteen. Yeah, so. It's yeah, it's been a while and to have this as the return, I'm I'm happy enough with that. Yeah, definitely. And I'll be belting these songs out come all together now in August. Yes. Yes, and they're also playing a gig in the Olympia Theatre uh later this year. I think it's October seventeenth. October seventeenth, yeah. Um I've not yet got my ticket for that, but I will definitely be getting it. Oh, I yeah. I kinda wanted to wait and see how I felt about the album. Um and I feel good enough about yeah, because it. Because you would imagine they're a band that are confident enough in their material that they're not going to do a play the hits gig yeah so you'd want to be into the album that they're currently doing exactly yeah. The gig, yeah and then if they want to do a 20 song encore yeah also fine yeah, that'd, that'd be really <laughs> good. I, I feel like it, it would have the the same kind of vibe as like an lcd sound system gig where it's people being like i was there you know yeah, i was I there was when there. um there I, might be that kind of crowd. Yeah, I was so pleased. I didn't manage to catch LCD Sound System until they played The Electric Picnic. Was it three years ago? Oh, really? I'd never seen them before and I'd listened to their albums to death, all of them. Yeah. I'd never seen them and that was finally the moment where I got to turn around and be like, yeah, I Have saw you seen them. any of their gigs in the, in the Olympia? No. Right, next time they come, go. I've heard very, only very great. cracking things about oh, them. Oh, they're yeah. fantastic, yeah. And I, I feel like the vibe at a hot chip gig will be like that, but way more drugs. <laughs> oh you think yeah oh yeah oh definitely i i yeah that's a story for another time anyway <laughs> so that's that's our album of the week it's hot chips a bath full of ecstasy and now just the immortal question what have you been reading listening to watching on tv movies all of those things um so i have been abstaining from tv completely since the end of a certain show that shall not be named Congratulations. Um, i'm not emotionally available that's and, fine. <laughs> um, for a show. So I have been going through films and watching films relentlessly. And I have a tendency to pick an actor or director and then watch their entire filmography. Okay. That's how I like to do it. So who's up? Um, so one of my favorite ones, and I've been re-watching them with my girlfriend, showing her because she'd never watched any of his films, is Clint Eastwood. Um, so I was a big fan of Westerns, The Man With No Name trilogy and mm. Unforgiven. Um, and then Dirty Harry, which is not a Western, similar. And okay. then he directed a lot of fantastic films. Um so I have been going through his entire filmography with my girlfriend. I'm not watching a them fan again. of westerns. Oh wow! I no. Know. Oh, okay. Listen. So right, I, what, I what hate, films should I watch? I hate John Wayne, and I hate that kind of western. Okay. I hate. I find that so. Anyway, it's boring. Um, okay. It's like TV movies, but anyway, um, 
Clint Eastwood's The Man with No Name trilogy, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is like okay. is my all time favorite film. Did Ennio Morricone do the? He did the, indeed yeah, for the that entire trilogy. That, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Like the when you think of cowboy music and the music that comes to your head, yeah. like that's that's it. That's the theme for that film. Yeah. Um, the Good, The Bad, and The Ugly would highly recommend it. Okay, I, I'll give that one a go. What about you? Um, I've been I've been doing a lot of reading, obviously because I was on holidays. Um, I read. Sarah Maria Griffin's Other Words for Smoke, which was fantastic, absolutely gorgeous book about kind of teenagers and witchcraft and tarot and a really scary owl that lives in the wallpaper and other dimensions and growing up and sibling stuff. Yeah. Just beautiful book, absolutely gorgeous. And it's, you know, set in Ireland as well. And it, it just has this really beautiful kind of voice in it that's really familiar um really really recommend it and I also read on a plane which I didn't kind of realize was bad until uh, after I got off it um a book called The Reluctant Fundamentalist whose oh the name of the author escapes me but um it was nominated for the Man Booker Prize in like 2015 and it is about it is it's just got the strangest kind of narration style in it where the the person speaking in the book is speaking directly to you but you're a character so he's okay. like oh you're you're sitting there across from me and you're drinking your tea and you're doing this and you're looking shifty oh that's blah, blah, blah. so weird like it, the, it, the god voice but directed at you such yeah a weird experience like reading it very very strange because it just pulls you back into it sometimes and it really does make you feel like you're in danger the whole time and i, I won't give too much away about the um, but the plot of it in case anybody hasn't read it yet but highly recommend it read it in a day nice and short deadly and I've also been watching Mad Men um, which is just great and you have because we both agreed that the first couple episodes can be heavy on the on the, the sexual harassment and the yeah. sexism in general um, so this is my second kind of go of it because um, I watched I'd say about six episodes of season one a couple of years ago and I was like the male gaze is actually a bit too much. I know it's trying to um, like critique it but in a way. are they making it too cool? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, are, are they, it, are was, they... it was still really, it was still too sexy yeah. for me. I was like, I, I don't know about this. This feels a bit, mm. but I think, I, I don't know whether I just got over it the second time or I looked away or I just started looking at it a bit differently, but I got through it and it stopped there basically starts to be consequences consequences for people's actions and i was like okay good like it, you know you, yeah. you you can do all that stuff but make make your characters pay for it because otherwise you're just for sure yeah or else what is the moral that you're trying to put out there? exactly and yeah it, it is, it's like oh the 60s were sexist we know yeah it's yeah and i'm completely ignorant so but it is one of those shows i've been told that the plot just gets better and better it's, and better like it's as insane. it goes on insane it is so so good like the plot's amazing there's kind of one what like i work in marketing of big kind of um interest in like advertising and design and all like how ads work so for a nerdy person in that way like me it's like you're looking at them doing like pitches for aston martin or yeah. like lucky strike and stuff yeah, have and, you sold any cigarettes um sorry have you sold any cigarettes no 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 okay. no 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 i don't work in agency work okay. that those people are the devil <laughs> <laughs> but yeah mad men absolutely fantastic i think i'm on season five ish now so i'll have more how many seasons i think there's seven 
fantastic. So I have more to say in it probably next week because I've been binging. <laughs> yeah, and it's very much in the pantheon of like Madman, Game of Thrones, The Wire, Breaking Bad, like the shows. People Spanos, talk about it like up there. The best shows ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is fantastic. Great. Okay, so that's our podcast for this week. Um, I'll do what Niall does, which is ask you if you do enjoy listening to us here, or indeed you enjoy Luke's writing on the website you enjoy Nod's playlists, um, throw a few bob to the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Nyler9. It's about five euro a month for the first Five euro a month, yeah. And you get some playlists. Um, I know Niall did a a really, really long, like seven hour long driving playlist this week, which I mean... That's a lot of music. That's a a long drive. (laughs) It's a a long drive. Um, But yeah, also giving away LPs, some gig tickets, stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of gig tickets going away. And like podcasts that are only available to the Patreons. So check it out if you like it. Also... Twitter, all those kind of things. You're newly on Twitter. Welcome. I am. Yeah. I, what made you make that decision? Nah, Nile or Nine. He, oh, yeah. Nile has been badgering me about it since <laughs> I started here. So what's your what's your handle? Um, Luke Sharky Five uh, at Luke Sharky Five. Follow at Luke Sharky Five. Yeah, please do. That's it for myself and Luke this week. Myself and Nile will be back next week. God giving. Um, and we're going to finish up this week with a track from Cassius called Rock Nonstop. It is one of Luke's favorites. Uh, Luke, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye bye.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.